Let us join together in prayer. Living and loving God, we gather together and we listen to your word. It is a word that teaches us and it questions us. Give us the humility that we might hear the questions and that we might learn to walk humbly with you. Take these words of mine and by your spirit, make them something that is nourishing for your people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. I wonder how many transactions you make in a day. Of course, there's the obvious ones, like when you present your card at the shop to buy something or hand over some cash. Or there's the other little transactions that we don't even think about anymore like when you turn on your light switch and agree to pay for the electricity that flows, or when you jump in the car and agree to pay for the fuel that you're using to transport yourself. Transactions are such a part of everyday life, such a part of how we live and how we operate in the world, that it can be easy to see all of life through a transactional lens. A transaction is basically about exchange, where both parties to the transaction receive something. We receive our food from the shop, and in return, the shop receives our money. Or we receive medical advice, and in return, the doctor receives some money. A transaction requires an understanding, a shared understanding, of the value of the things that are being exchanged. And a transaction takes place because both parties can agree that one item is of a similar value or worth to the other, what the other party has. And of course, sometimes there's disagreement about this, and this can give rise to debate or negotiation or conflict. Transactions help us regulate how we, how we share, how we relate, to things and to one another. They can help make things fair in a certain way. To understand what I mean, think about how you react to the concept of taking something from a shop without paying for it. We'd call it theft, and we know it's not right. In the same way, the idea of the neighbour moving the fence a few metres into your garden or one country moving their border a few hundred kilometres into the neighbouring country. These things provoke a sense of injustice, a sense that it's not right. There hasn't been a transaction to normalise or to make these changes okay, and we know it's not fair or the done thing. Transactions are everywhere in our world, and they regulate many different relationships. And given how pervasive transactions are, given how many transactions we make without even thinking, is it any wonder that a lot of the time relationships end up being understood transactionally? A transactional relationship is about the benefits that the different party get out of it. One party provides something and they expect something in return. The different parties to a relationship are looking out for their own interests when it's transactional. 
The relationship exists because both parties want something from it. This might sound a bit soulless, and most people realise this isn't a healthy way to relate to friends or family or spouses or the people around us. And yet, it easily becomes the go-to way that people relate. Think about what happens when a relationship goes sour. So often, people try to correct it with a transaction. We try to right wrongs with reparations, by paying some money, by doing a service, by buying a bunch of flowers when we've done something wrong. And if there's one relationship that we continually fall into the trap of understanding transactionally, it's our relationship with God. With what shall I come before the Lord, asks Micah 6, 6 and 7. This reading is about God raising concerns about the way the relationship between God and the people has unfolded. God feels aggrieved. Verse 2 tells us, because the people are ignoring God, they're looking other ways, they're putting their trust in other things, they're not receiving the gifts that God is giving them. They're not loving God with their heart, soul, mind and strength. And so having heard the complaint, verse 6 begins to explore how this relationship might be set right. With what shall I come before the Lord? Should I bring burnt offerings, cattle, flocks of sheep? Will that be enough to make things right with God? Will that correct the relationship? Should I come with money? Should I come with rivers of oil? Will that be enough? Do I need to bring my firstborn? Will that be enough to correct the relationship, to make things equal again, to buy back God's favour? This passage shows a transactional understanding of the relationship with God and how we expect God to act towards us. So often we fall into this trap. We think about the covenant in terms of a set of rules that we need to follow to try and win God's favour. We think about Jesus' work on the cross purely in terms of a transaction undertaken on our behalf. We think about our giving, our service, our offerings in terms of transactions. Sometimes we even try to make deals with God. We promise God that if God will just do this little thing for us, then we'll be faithful or dedicate our lives to God or go to church every week. It's so easy to think about the relationship with God in terms of a transaction. But the heart of the gospel is not a transaction. When God created the world, God didn't make an endless marketplace, but a home, a place for love, a place for all people and all things to thrive, and a place for everyone to enjoy the gifts and the goodness of God. The God who is speaking to us in Micah chapter 6, the God who speaks to us throughout scripture, is the God who brought Israel out of the land of slavery before Israel did anything and asked for nothing in return. This is the God who acted before Israel knew who God was. It's the God who created the world, the whole world, forming it with the power of the word before humans existed or took our first breath. 
It's the God who draws near to us in Jesus Christ while we were still far off and sinners and dies for us. This God isn't about transactions. This God isn't looking for something from us. This God is wanting to give us gifts. God didn't sign a prenup with us before committing to be our God and us to be God's people. God acts and God gives gifts because God chooses to, because God loves us. God acts in freedom so that we might be free. It's not a business deal. It's not a transaction. It's the opposite of that. The opposite of a transactional relationship is a relationship of love. Love which gifts, love which acts first, love which seeks the best of others and asks for nothing in return. Love that dies so that we might live. Think for a moment of your own relationship with God. How do you think of God? Do you find yourself thinking of God as someone who we need to buy off somehow? Someone who we have to impress with our perfect devotional life or perfect worship or perfect notes on the organ or a perfectly maintained building or with extravagant gifts? Do you find yourself ever thinking of God as someone who you need to trade with or make deals with? Listen, O mortal, says the Lord. Listen. God has told you what is good. All that God wants is for us to thrive. God wants for the world to be filled with goodness and justice. God wants each of us to be living in a world where things are made right. Listen, God has told you what is good. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with the Lord. God isn't demanding a payment for the freedom Jesus won for us. God's way isn't to negotiate with us when we want something. God simply gives. God gives. He gives life in abundance, gives life in all its fullness, and seeks us out in Christ. God doesn't make deals. God doesn't negotiate. God doesn't do transactions. God loves and God gives gifts. And it's a free gift. So what do you do when you're given a gift? I once entered a competition and won uh, tickets to a concert in Melbourne. Uh, It was exciting. But to receive the tickets, I had to go into the middle of town and collect them. And then I had to organise to get to the venue to enjoy the show. I had to cancel my plans. I had to change what I was doing. I had to get on a train. I had to get myself to the ticket office and then to the venue. I had to do something to receive the gift. Any gift that is given needs to be received. When God tells us what is good, when God gives instructions and invites us to follow, God isn't negotiating with us or entering into a transaction with us, but telling us how to receive the gift that has been given 
how to receive the blessings that God desires for us, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God is something we need to choose to receive. We might need to change our plans. We might need to go a different way. We need to choose to receive the gift that God offers. But as we choose to receive it, as we begin to see God as a gift giver, not a negotiator, in this life that we begin living, Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, we find true blessedness. In humility and meekness, we are blessed and we inherit the earth. In mourning, in feeling the reality of love in our lives, we are blessed. In hungering and thirsting for the right things in the world and seeking justice, we are blessed and we are filled. In seeking peace and building peace, we are blessed because we become part of the healing of the world. In showing mercy, we're blessed. Are you receiving the gifts that God offers? What does your relationship with God look like? Are you receiving the gifts and living accordingly? What about us as a community? What are we prioritizing? What are we expressing or trying to do in our life together? Are we trying to win God's approval through following rules and doing things right? Or are we seeking ways to walk humbly with the Lord? God speaks to us here and now. God is speaking to the life that we live day by day. It's not about the past. It's not just about the future. God is here and speaks to us and calls us. And the blessedness of God that's promised in the Beatitudes isn't a future tense that uh, Jesus uses when he speaks. He's talking about here. Just like Psalm 27 tells us, the goodness of the Lord will be seen in the land of the living. God has told us how to live here as blessed, beloved people. We're called to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with the Lord. It's here and now that we can embrace the foolishness of the cross and go the ways of Jesus. It's here and now that we can receive the gifts of God. So with what will you come before the Lord? Are you going to try and exchange favours and negotiate and do a transaction with God? Or repent and receive God's gift and do justice, love mercy and walk humbly with Jesus Christ? Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.